So if you have your uh, Bible and phone, if you don't mind doing this, we're in a series. And I want to catch something to you today. When God says something one time, is it important? Y'all can talk back. Yes. What about if he says it twice? Yeah, I think so. What about three times? What if I showed you today something four times? Within about seven verses, Ezekiel 14. If you have your Bibles there or your phone or, or whatever, uh, you know, if, by the way, I just want to give you freedom at Summit. You know, when it comes to scripture stuff, it's okay to, to, to cheat. When in doubt, look about. Right? God did the ask play for us. You can do this. All right, here we go. So, uh, Ezekiel 14. And I'll start with verse 12. But I think it's interesting. So we've been talking about the mercies of God. Thanksgiving, Christmas, all wrapped up into this mercy of God. I, I really don't even want to break up, okay? This is Thanksgiving, this is Christmas. What is going on with us? What's going on with the world? Our world around us? Uh, the world at large? What is happening? If it wasn't for the mercies of God, where would we be? Every one of us in this room can think of a point. If it wasn't for God's mercy, we might not be here right now. Can I get a witness, Kevin Chamberlain? Thank you very much. All right, so... <laughs> Verse 12, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, now Ezekiel's in exile, if a country sins against me by being unfaithful, let's get home to him, because he's talking about Israel, he's talking about Judah, that's why he's a prophet in Israel, no matter how far we go away from God, he's always going to send his word. He sins against me by being unfaithful, and I stretch out my hand against it to cut off its food supply and send famine upon it, and Kill its people and their animals. The judgment language, right? Even if these three men, check out the three men. Noah, you might remember him. The guy that was saved from the flood. Noah's ark. There you go. Daniel. Daniel's a tremendous prophet. We're going to look at him today. Uh, there's a prophet there during the time of Nebuchadnezzar. You might remember about three guys, three of his friends that were thrown into a fire, and the fire didn't kill them because Jesus was amongst them. Even these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job. Remember, Job lost everything, but he never renounced God. Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it. They could only save themselves by their... Anybody want to take a shot? What's the next word? That's it. Righteousness declares the sovereign Lord. Then he talks about another judgment. Go to verse 16. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord. Sovereign means he's in control. He's in control of everything to make that claim about himself. Says that nothing happens unless I'm going to do something about it. Even if these three men were in it, they could not save themselves, uh, not save their own sons and daughters. They alone would be saved, but the land would be desolate. Now, if you remember anything about Noah, that's an interesting passage, because Noah, Noah's family was saved because of his righteousness. But he's saying at this point, not even his children can be saved. Not Noah, not Daniel, not Job, not their children can be saved. Just those three men. Look at verse 18. As surely as, as I live, and issues another judgment there in 17. Surely as I live, because the sovereign Lord, even if these three men were in it, they could not save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved. 
Look at verse 20. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord. Again, sovereignty means that if something bad happens, God will respond. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they could save neither son nor daughter. They could only save themselves by their righteousness. Now, I just showed you four times, or I should say, the Lord just showed us four times that he's saying, when the judgment of God comes, there is only a righteousness that can save. And for those people who put their trust, this is how bad it had gotten, by the way. Those three were the only ones during that time. Could you remember Job's wife? She said, curse God and die. Only those three have put their faith in the coming of the Messiah. We look back on the coming of the Messiah. They were looking to the coming of the Messiah. And only because of their righteousness, only because of their faith that the Messiah was coming, would they be saved. What I'm trying to say today is, is that nobody's righteousness can save anybody. Nothing. There's no righteousness that can save anybody. Nobody. I mean, think about these things with John. It says their righteousness. Yes, their righteousness was through their belief. It was through their faith. We're going to see in Daniel, Daniel was putting his trust in a God, the Messiah would come, even in the midst of exile. Even when things were crazy around him, he didn't get crazy. Because there was something greater. I want to encourage you today. This is what's beautiful. So here's what happens. Nobody, think about this, even if they could say by their own righteousness, even if by their own righteousness, their own righteousness was limited to just themselves. We can't save our children. We can't save our sister, brother. Uh, you might be the only one saving your family and your parents or not saving. Kids, we can't save anybody. It's only Jesus Christ. But here's the beauty. What happens when we get the righteousness of Christ, some things happen. We get what we call an open heaven. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Just listen to this. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. We get the righteousness of God because Jesus was righteous. Uh, let, me, let me continue in, in, this, in this vein of thought. Um, look there with me in Romans. Go to Romans chapter 4, verse 6. We're going to do some page turning or on your phone or whatever. Romans chapter 4, verse 6, talking about the righteousness of God. I'm establish the fact, this imputed righteousness. It's a theological term, but imputed means that the righteousness of Jesus belongs to us because God loves us so much that the moment that we surrendered our life to Christ, this righteousness, this perfect life that Jesus lived, is now given to us. Now this always sets us free in a lot of ways. This always sets us free in a lot of ways. Not free that, okay, now John, now I can just go do whatever I want because I got Jesus' righteousness, therefore I can just keep going on sinning. No, no, he says very clearly in Romans, shall, shall I go on sin so that grace may abound? May it never be. But Romans uh, chapter 4, verse 6, I think it's a, a pretty powerful passage here. In Romans chapter 4, verse 6, David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. There is a righteousness that is coming. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Romans 5, 17. For if by the trespass of the one man, that's Adam, 
death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ? The beauty that we have today is that the righteousness of God has been given to us. And this is what's great as believers. This is what, I mean, I, you got all these people just like moaning and groaning. And Listen, we have the righteousness of God. It belongs to us because we belong to Him. And since we have this righteousness of God, things change in our lives. Philippians chapter 3, you don't have to turn there, verses 8 and 9, I'll just read it to you. Paul says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Check this out. Paul is saying that when he, before Christ, was a Pharisee, he said, and you, we read about it, you know how, how perfect of a life he was. I mean, I'm sure there was some sin in his life, but the point is, he was perfect by the law. But the law, you know what the law does? When you try to live by the law, the law makes you mean. The law causes you not to give grace to anybody. The law causes you not to serve anybody. The law says, hey, be like me, and maybe one day you'll be good enough. But see, what happens when we, when we realize that we can never get there and it's all Jesus Christ, then because of that movement in our heart, then we give grace to other people and we want to serve other people. That's the transformation of the gospel. And so God begins to work in our hearts through the righteousness. In verse 9 he says in Philippians 3, he says, And being found in him that is Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, Paul said, you can't get righteousness that way. That's why the world was always trying to work to be better. I'm just going to say it. There was a person running for office and said that I believe we're good. It was great because I think my kids were sitting there. And I, and, I, and I got to say, that's not true. And they looked at me like, what are you talking about, Dad? Why are you so passionate? I said, because that's not what Scripture says. The Bible says, for all have sinned. The Bible says, there's none righteous. No, not one. It's called total depravity. In my heart, I am bent towards sin more than I am towards God. And so what happens is, we can't be good. Jesus put it this way. There's none good but God. So what happens is, I want you to see this moment, that it's only the righteousness Righteousness does not come by the law. We and you and I can't live well enough, but there's one who did. There's one who was perfect. There was one who was beautiful. And now we as believers have the righteousness of God. And this is what gets good, family. This is what gets really good. When we have the righteousness of God, that means we can always go to God. Because you see, not only is the Holy Spirit with us, but he's driving us to the Trinity. He's driving us to the presence of Jesus, to exalt Jesus. He's driving us into the Father's love. He is consistently driving us. And this is what we call, as Joe Johnson, I don't hold to all his theology, but it's a good word. I do hold to this, that we do have an open heaven. Matthew chapter 3. Let's turn there. Matthew chapter 3. We're going somewhere today. Matthew chapter 3. This is beautiful. The righteousness of God gives us this open heaven. And so today, the point that I want to get across today is that because of Jesus, 
because of Jesus, our prayers are powerful and effective. I hear all that with me this morning. You said, but John, I've been praying, ain't nothing been answered. Woo! We're going to go there. We're getting ready to go. You're going to say, oh, well, maybe this is why my prayer is not. Now, there's a couple reasons, but I want to know one reason. But let's check this out. We have an open heaven. I want to know, I want you to know, I'm impressed with my heart today that this time that we're going to land this plane and we're going to spend together. Listen, some of you in this room, I believe that the Lord's impressed upon my heart is we need to pray. That maybe, maybe it's just specifically for God. I've got this decision. Maybe specifically, God, these people are broken. Maybe these people are my family. Maybe this situation. But here's what I want to know. Where there is much prayer, there is much power, somebody. Jesus would always pray, and man, did he have power. Now, I know he's the son of God. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And I'm going to tell you something. Though hell might stand here, there's not a gate that can stop my Jesus. And so whatever you and I are going to, listen, if you're going to walk with Jesus, you will storm the gates of hell. You will go against everything the world says. So let's just go ahead and get on the train. Because Come on, somebody. Are y'all awake today? You don't know that people. It's good for you. Mannequin challenge. Never mind. That's a soft note. Verse 13. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. This freakazoid. He wasn't a hipster, people. He looked like trash. Man was out there eating locusts. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't eat a locust if I was honey, but I would definitely say this, that if you put chocolate over it, it might be all right. So I could have it. But John tried to turn and say, I need to be baptized by you. If you come to me, Jesus replied, check this out. Come on, here we go. Here we go. Let it be so now. It is proper for us to fulfill all what saints taught to me. Yes, righteousness. In other words, Jesus was perfect, so we don't have to be. And if I don't have to be perfect, then I'm free to do something that I never thought I could do. Because we got to pray. Listen, I don't know why God's pressing me to pray. I don't know. Some people say, well, John, ain't really much to pray about. Here's what I do know with Christ. As long as you walk with Christ, there's always going to be something to pray about. Because if you read Revelation, there's a lot coming. But my God is bigger than the one's coming. All right, so that's why I'm just going to keep on. Because see what prayer is? Prayer is nothing but us surrendering to the will of God. Prayer is not. And that's why Jesus prayed, take this cup away, take this cup away, take this cup away. The cup didn't go away. So he went to the cross, and it was through prayer that Jesus surrendered to the will of the Father. That is Jesus and his full humanity surrendering to the divinity of God. So prayer is the key to surrender. The more we pray, the more we say, Lord, I don't know why you asked me to do this, but I'm going to tell you what, in the name of Jesus, here I go. See, that's why I love you something. Remember, remember how wild we were? It's not that God doesn't want us to sin. I don't think God wants us to stop being wild. I just think he wants us to stop being wild for Satan. Right? So instead of, instead of being the one on top of the table saying, let's go. No, y'all not know what I'm talking about? You did it, son. I mean, I... <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> Alright, so I'm sorry. Alright, so here's what happened. The righteousness of God is given. So Jesus did this. Now, then John considered. 
verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went about in the water, the Bible says. At that moment, what happened? Yeah, heaven opened. You and I have the righteousness of God. Samuel, this other guy in front, I wouldn't even answer the prayer with him, except for them. I mean, 
there, but I, I'm going to turn there. Uh, it's, it's kind of a prayer for me and prayer for us. 1 Corinthians 1, because we're going to go to David. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. Let me read it to you. It is because of him, God, it is because of God, 1 Corinthians 1, 30, that you are in Christ Jesus. I'm reading the word. Who has become for us the wisdom of God. Wisdom is, I'm at a fork. What do I do? I need wisdom. That's what wisdom is. So Jesus has become the wisdom of God, or from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it's written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so it is with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you. I love this. Because of the righteousness of God, I do not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. Verse 2, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why did Paul focus just on Jesus? Because in the name of Jesus there is power. And he didn't even proclaim to the Gentiles. He didn't need to come with wise and persuasive words. He didn't need to come with Greek philosophy, a philosophy or high intellectualism or elitism. He didn't even come with a changed life because of a changed heart, because of a new God. Verse 3. I came to a weakness and a trembling. Following the Lord doesn't mean we're always going to be. Yes. But in our hearts and in our spirit will be. Yes. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So let that be our prayer today. Father, in the name of Jesus, what time do we have left? We walk, we live, we breathe by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. His perfect life that now belongs to us, so that when a righteous man may fall seven times, your word promises he gets back up. Because the spirit is always resurrecting with the flesh is trying to kill. And since we can never be killed in our spirits, then Lord, we submit to your great wisdom and knowledge in our Savior Jesus. And so I pray. And I don't come with wise and persuasive words, but I come with a demonstration of the spirit of power. That the righteousness of God means we have an open heaven, and because of his righteousness, our prayers will do something. We love you, Lord. We trust you. Teach us today how we should pray because of your great mercy as we follow you. We love you. Please forgive me my sins. Lord, let people see Jesus. Let them see more of your image. More of your image, more of your image, because if you're high and lifted up, you're going to draw all men unto you. And that even means the one who's the furthest and the hardest and the baddest will become the greatest for you. In Jesus' name, all the saints said what? Amen. Amen. So, let's turn to Daniel. So, if you open up your Bibles in the middle, you're probably going to get Psalms, Proverbs, but there's these prophets. There's Isaiah, right? Jeremiah, Lamentations. Come on, somebody. And then we're going to get into Ezekiel. And after Ezekiel, who we got? There you go. So we're going to go right into Daniel. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 10. 
Daniel chapter 10. It's a, a, a passage. Now remember, Daniel is in exile. He's in a place. So here's what happens. As a follower of the coming Messiah, who is named Yeshua, Joshua, Hebrew, Jesus. Here's what's happening to Daniel. Are you ready? It's going to freak some of you out. Some of you will be like, oh, John's getting all spiritualized. No, I'm just getting straight up scripturalized. So what happens is, there is a guy named Daniel. Daniel is a man that is taken as a young boy into exile, but Daniel says, you know what? For me and my house, somebody, who's he going to serve? And so there's a king that says, listen, I see something in you, but let me, in order to make you like me, you've got to eat like me. You've got to be like me. Daniel says, you know what? Me and my friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Bethlehem, uh, we ain't going to do it. Why don't you let us eat our stuff on a Daniel fast? Some of you heard it. Some of you've done it. He says, and we're going to see at the end who looks better. Some time passes. The guy that works for the king comes back and says, my word, you guys look amazing. Uh, you know what? Just keep doing what you're doing because that's going to please the king. You see why? When you follow the Lord, instead of following man, you get the favor of God. And it's God's favor that matters. Listen, though your life might seem this way, I want you to know that in one look, a nod from God, one breath from God, one word from God can make it like that. And everything that was on top of you now comes underneath That would tell you. The Bible says he will soon crush Satan underneath his feet. Whoever is oppressing you will end up being oppressing too. So here's what happens. So in Daniel, so Daniel is a guy that obviously gets his vision of Nebuchadnezzar. So, and he goes and asks, then the next thing, Nebuchadnezzar still wants to jack the man up. Remember, the world is always trying to take us out. If you think that you and I are going to be loved, if you think whoever you put in political office is going to love you, you think again. We love Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I promise you, anybody who follows the world and who doesn't follow Jesus will not like us. Uh, you can say, John, you're just making it up. No. The Bible says in Corinthians that we're in the stench of death, those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, we're the aroma of Christ. We smell good to some, we smell bad to others, but as long as we fix our eyes on Jesus, it don't really matter. So Nebuchadnezzar wants to kill Daniel again. He says, I'm killing everyone, and I had a dream, and I ain't telling none of you. Now, let's see if you really know your God. Your little sorcery, all this little stuff you do. Show up and tell me what I dream and interpret it. Well, here's people like, oh, and the Babylonians, oh, no, we, we can't do that. Daniel calls his boys up and says, hey, brothers in Christ, let's happen. Get together. Let's pray. They're going to prayer. God's a man of God. Praying, praying, praying all through scripture. Praying, all of a sudden God says, I'm going to take you a dream and took a dream. The very next day, he shows up to old King Nebi. That's slang. That's John's word, right? So old Nebi, old Nebi, he let him know what was going on. And he said, let me tell you what's going on, bro. Here's your dream, and here's what's going to happen. Nebuchadnezzar says, oh, you're number two in the land. You are the man. Well, Nebuchadnezzar's going to die, and some other people are going to get laid up. They're going to forget about Oh, Daniel, and sure enough, there's going to be a writing on the wall and everything else. And then who are they going to bring in? Who are they going to bring in? Not Ghostbusters. They're going to bring in Daniel. 
They're going to call Daniel. Daniel's going to come in. He's going to talk to it and tell the king, you keep on all your rewards that you want to give me because your kingdom's getting ready to go down to that night. Some people jack up and kill him. So now, Daniel, this old man of God, gets a vision from God. You know what? You have a vision for your family, don't you? Tell the truth. Shake it up. Huh? Y'all got a vision. What do you want it to be? When you grow up, come on, tell somebody. You, got, you know what it's like to follow Jesus. You know what it should look like to follow Jesus. Those people around you might be jacked up. God's not. So you've got a clear picture of what God wants us to do. He's got a vision. But you don't understand the whole thing. How's it going to happen? How's it going to pull out? Look at Daniel chapter 10. This is so good. I just want you to know something. Here's a couple facts. Ready? We've got a couple facts. We're going to get this and we're going to pray. Fact number one. Because of the righteousness of Jesus, when we pray, we have God's favor. Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Faith. I'm going to tell Marcus about his two daughters over there. Well, I love L as I love. She waited to me. You know how much I love. That girl's going to be president one day. I just want you to remember me. I might be old, but I need some retirement money, so let me in that kingdom. My, my point is, is that when tell people go, they have faith on them. Everywhere they go, they have faith on them. Listen, when we pray, it's not like God's going, who are you again? Because the righteousness of Jesus, he knows you. So here's what happened. We have faith. So in Daniel, Chapter 10, Daniel gets a vision. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. So guess what he does? He goes on a 21-day fast. Now, I'm not telling anybody in here anymore. 21-day fast. I don't know if I can breathe. After seven days of fast. Now, I'm going to tell you straight up. The longest I fasted is seven days. Don't judge me. That was a long time for me. Let me tell you, by the end of the seventh day, the, the, the paint on the wall looked like a useful. <laughs> I mean, everything started changing the food. Now, the only reason I'm telling you this is your pastor. I'm not telling people outside of this. I'm not saying this in regular. I, that's not long at all. I know pastors done 40 days. I wouldn't go to fast after I'm going to die. 21 days, people have done a lot. I'm just saying, for me, that was about it for me. That's the longest I personally fasted. But what I'm trying to say is, Holmes went on a 21 day fast. Why? Because he didn't have an answer. But look there in verse 10. He knew something was going to happen. So at the end of 24 days, there's this angel that shows up. And by the way, the angel shows up looking like Jesus because he's in the presence of Jesus. I mean, it talks about this angel there in, in verse 4. In, 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 excuse me, verse 5. And I looked up and there before was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold of upaz and around his waist. And his body was like topaz. His face was like lightning. His eyes like flaming torches. His arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. And his voice like the sound of a multitude. This is only an angel. But in Revelation 1, it looks like Jesus. The more you're in the presence of God, the more you All of a sudden, this angel shows up. I don't know if it's Gabriel. Some people say it is. Shows up, and he touches Daniel. Look at verse 10. Woo! And he touched me and set me uh, trembling. Uh, uh, he touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Everybody says, I want Jesus to come talk to me. I'm scared. <laughs> he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, I want you to know, saints, Though you might not feel like it, though last night you might not have acted like it, listen, when we surrender to Jesus as Lord, we have faith. 
favor from God. Don't ever doubt it. Listen, I don't care how much sin you've gone into, God will still hear your cry. Good. God hears prayers of a righteous man who much. Prayers of a righteous man God can do more with a 14-year-old surrender to the Lord than he can with an 80-year-old man with 10 million in the bank. Yeah. Because the power of God is not limited to the finances of man. Though if you want to make 10 million in time, some of you feel free. <laughs> Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, what saints? Hey, listen, sometimes when we stand for God, doesn't mean you're not always on the scale. It's okay. The power of God will say today, I want you to know we have God's favor. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. That's why Galatians 6.14, he said, man, I never boast except the and except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. In other words, everything in my life is about Jesus. When you play, you have to play better and you have to be more committed because the world is not going to listen to you unless you do well. But if you do well on the field, then you have a platform like nobody else to stand for Christ. Don't be like everybody else who stands for themselves when they get a platform. Stand for Jesus at your job. Stand for Jesus in your family. You say, but my family hates me. Guess what? They also hated Jesus. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. i got to come to the point that my family might hate me, my God still loves me. And who do I thank you for? Come on, somebody. Who do you value? You have favor with the Lord. You have an open heaven. Don't stop praying. We've got to be people of prayer, committed to prayer. It's the mercy of God that we have an open heaven anyway. We don't deserve to have our prayers heard, but yet because of Jesus, we do. We have the favor of God. So let's keep going. Fact number two, because of the imputed righteousness of Jesus, we can gain, even in the midst of not understanding the vision, not having an answer prayer. 24 days the man's been praying. 21 of the 24, he's been fasting. And he hasn't got an answer. But he believed that God still would. If you know you have the righteousness of God, God will answer. We can get understanding. Do pray. Because we go to God through humility. This is why if you fast and look at verse 12. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding. And to humble yourself before God. And look what it says, saints. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were what, saint? Heard. So a delay is not a denial. The first time he opened his mouth, God, you opened your mouth right here and you don't get an answer. It doesn't mean that God didn't hear it. Be of strong and good courage. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
Just because you don't get an answer doesn't mean that God didn't hear it. Oh, we read in Revelation that the prayers of the saints, this ball of incense, the prayers of the saints go up in front of the Lord as if it's some type of beautiful offering to Him. Be ready to pray today. And the power that you have will cause you and I to keep going forward in Jesus instead of caving in when the pain is too great. He humbled himself. He fasted. He, he said, there's something not right with my spirit and it's so wrong with my spirit, something so unsettling that it's taken over in my flesh. That's what fasting is. A fasting is when the desire of the spirit is greater than the desire of the flesh. And so he was so wrecked by wanting to know this answer to this vision, to understand what was going on, what God was saying. He began to say, God, here I am. I'm going to deny this because in, in the time that I would eat, that's the time that I pray. And we can't even get people to pray before they eat. This is what this man was. He was wrecked by the righteousness that was coming in the Messiah. He was in exile, people. He had it bad. There's kings that tried to kill him already. But you know what? Just because things around him were bad didn't mean his God was bad. And through prayer and through humility, he said, my God will overcome whatever comes my way. And I don't need what man can give because the satisfaction of God with me is greater than the satisfaction of having man around me. So, he was willing to stay focused on the Lord. Fasting was nothing new to Daniel. He kept fasting until he had to stop and, and God brought the answer. Humility never comes through our own perfection the Lord showed you. Paul, when he was living by the law, he never served others. He never gave grace. It is only when we realize we are not, then we realize that God is, and people have that. Philippians 3.18, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, who, uh, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Paul said, all the great works that I did under the law are garbage compared to gaining Christ. That's what it is to follow the Lord. So, fact number three. Here we go. We can read a land on this. Ready? We can read a land. Fact number three. Because we have the imputed righteousness of Jesus, here's what I want you to know. God will answer. But you said, John, there's a delay. Sometimes we don't understand the delay. Let's keep reading. This is so good. Hey, sometimes there's a delay because God doesn't just want to show God doesn't just want to show his power to the earthly man. He wants to show his power to the spiritual man. If you're not tracking. There are some demons in hell that need to be reminded they're going to hell. Watch what I say. Oh, this is too good. Oh, if I only had time this morning, but I'm hungry. Y'all picked it from sorry, it's a trashy church. I'm sorry. Y'all brought it up. Oh, here's your book. Um, I'm a terrible pastor. I'm not in the grave. Didn't get much out of it. All right, here we go. Verse 13. Okay, so there's a delay. So you're down here praying right now. There's a delay. Watch this. Whoa, this is so good. Have you considered? Oh, the Holy Spirit is like, I can't even keep up. It's poison. 
What did God say about Job? Say, have you considered? Come on. Yeah. God, let Job have some prayer delays so he can show Satan who really was in control. Sometimes you and I show demons. And there are people that are possessed by demons. Come with me today. The prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. How long did Daniel fast? How long was there a demon holding back this angel? I didn't think it was 21 days. Prince of Persia, territorial spirits, like you and I, territorial spirits. Old preachers used to say it this way, bigger level, territorial spirits. That's what they meant. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, oh, Michael showed up. Now, we ain't no Jehovah's Witnesses, people. Jehovah's Witness theology is that Jesus is Michael. He is not God or Son of, Son of God. He is a creature. Otherwise, we'd be worshiping a three-headed monster. They believe that Jesus is Michael. That's why they're heretics. Because Jesus is not the essence of God, the only begotten Son in John 3.16. That is why they claim just to know Jehovah and Jesus don't matter. If you read down a little further, you, you don't have time if you want to pray through this in Daniel chapter 11, you'll read this, uh, that, that Michael is Daniel's prince. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. In Ephesians 6, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. I promise you, in your dorm room, in your home, in your apartment, and on your team, there are spiritual forces at work, and you and I are no match. No match. 21 days he fasted. In 21 days, the Prince of Persia held back this angel, maybe Gabriel, coming back. But guess what? Then Michael showed up. And when Michael showed up, the prayer came. Then Michael, the chief princes came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. And you said, but John, why would my prayer be a delay because of a spiritual battle? And I want to tell you something today, church. The reason why is, is that when we persist in prayer and walk by the righteousness of God in spite of the circumstances of man, we show every demon in hell that Jesus is Lord. Watch what I say. Here's what laying in Ephesians chapter 3. Come on, somebody. I have time I can go in this passage. You know why you got some problems in the home? Straight up spiritual attack. I need to believe in spiritual attack. But if you believe in Jesus, Better believe there's hell. And if you believe there are angels, you better believe there's hell. Did you know we had to take home kids? I've been convicted lately when I'm ripped Jacob. Though sometimes he needs to be ripped. I feel it's my call. <laughs> what does the Bible say about little children and about angels? Come on, talk to me. Who's in, who's in front of God? They're angels. He's in front of God. You know 
play as good as anybody. Y'all can sing better than me. I'm trying not to be jealous about it. I mean, the Lord giveth to y'all for taking away from me, but I'm not good at it. <laughs> no. Second Kings 6. This is my prayer. Elisha is one of my favorite prophets. I like him more than Elijah. Even though Elisha died. But the reason why I like it, he says less than Elijah, but has double the miracles. What did he ask for from Elijah? I want the double of the Holy Spirit you have. He got it. So his servant Gehazi wakes up in the morning, opens up the door, and there's an arm dropping all around all around ready to kill because prophet Elisha had been telling the king everywhere this army was going and attacking the kingdom of God. So the king said, we're going to kill the prophet. We're going to get him. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God, this Gehazi, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. You ever felt a little pressure as a believer? You ever felt a little overwhelmed as a believer? With army, an army with horses and chariots that surround the city. Oh no, my Lord! What shall we do? The servant asks. Elisha is going to pray. When you don't know what to do, Pray to the one who does know what to do. <coughs> Check this out. Don't be afraid if something happened to you, if something challenging is going on, big week for us in football, and every other thing happening in life. Don't be afraid. Don't sit over here and go on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Periscope Cry. So I pray right now, anybody in this room, 
Who wants prayer on their team? Prayer on their coaches? Prayer on their families? Prayer over their friends? Prayer over a situation? Pray for understanding. I ask you today, Lord, to move in us the spirit of prayer. Because you did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Why? Not because of how fast it's answered, but because of the one who it's going to, who's going to give the answer. The prayer is strong because the one who we're being prayed, who we're praying to is strong. So God, sometimes there's a spiritual battle just going on in our lives. That's why there's a delay. And not necessarily with us, but with people around us. Sometimes it's just that. Sometimes it's what happened to Daniel. Spiritual battle. And there's a delay. Sometimes, Lord, maybe there's sin in John Davis's heart. Sometimes there's sin in my actions that cause a delay. Sometimes, if I'm not right with that, that causes a delay. But God, today, we're encouraged that you will answer prayer because you're coming from a place of victory. So sometimes our delay is to show the world, as in Ephesians chapter 3, that the manifold wisdom of God will be shown through the church to all the heavenly realms that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. So God, give us courage. Give us strength to be bold, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We have the righteousness of God. We have the favor of God. We can get the understanding from God because God will answer. Righteousness has given us us so we can hold on to Because you hold on to us. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, there's a prayer you'll hear right now. A prayer to be saved. A prayer to call on the name of the Lord to let him be the Savior and him be the King. It is a call to die so that we will live. And Lord, I can't know unless you tell me who it is, but today in their heart they know they're not right. And until they're willing to surrender in their heart, they'll never confess with their mouth. And Lord, if they're trying to fix themselves, they're only tying themselves up more in bondage. Set them free by your spirit for today. That they'll trust that Jesus died on the cross and God you rose from the dead on the third day. And they'll be bold because their heart changed. So their will will change. Confession is Lord and follow.